0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 1057 The Fan. Here with my guy, Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 1057 The Fan, as well as the Ravens reporter. And, Cordell, it looks like your streak has come to an end. And listen, this is one that, you know, we both said if we were wrong, then we well, welcome being wrong. I definitely did not want the Ravens to lose um, to the Steelers. But, you know, it just felt like this was a game that, you know, that potentially they would find a way to win. But so many different things happened in this game. We got guys that, that got out of this game due to injury. And, you know, we saw some guys uh, make some impacts that we haven't seen in weeks. So a lot of different things happened that um, led to the outcome of today's game in which the Ravens won 16-14 to the Steelers. So let's start with the offense. You know, interesting enough, you know, we, we obviously we watched the Ravens mention all week, you know, Tyler Huntley is going to be the quarterback of the week. Anthony Brown was um, brought up from the practice squad to be his backup. And Huntley didn't wasn't, you know, he didn't have a a long throwing day. Luckily for the Ravens, it didn't feel like it mattered because the offensive run game finally made a reappearance and they were extremely dominant on the ground. Um, 215 total rushing yards. 120 of those came from J.K. Dobbins, who was back at his first game since being out for ortho- orthoscopic surgery um, seven weeks ago. So, you know, they they did get some plays to move down the field from other guys. We saw Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, and such. But the run game is really the big story of today, of, 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 the, of Sunday's game, excuse me.
1: Oh, no doubt. J.K. Dobbins getting it done, like you said, 120 yards on the ground, touchdown. 44-yard rush uh, for his longest of the day, I mean – JK looked good. He looked really good in this one. Granted, the offensive line really looked good, and that was surprising considering they were out there without Kevin Zeidler. Uh, right. That played very good in this game. You saw Ben Powers flash a few times. You saw Tyler Lindebaum flash a few times. Um, they got it done in the run game, and it allowed the Ravens to be efficient again. Even Gus Edwards, 13 carries, 66 yards for him as well. So – you know you liked what you saw in the run game they were able to get back to what they're used to doing and i was i was wrong i was i was nervous to see whether or not jk would be able to show the type of burst that we haven't seen from him at all this season even the first part of the season that he was out there playing um we didn't we didn't see jk dobbins hit any major runs but you know uh he had some open holes in this game that he didn't necessarily get at the first half of the season. So, you know, at least he took advantage for it and t- took advantage of it. And, you know, when the big plays were able to be made, he did. Pass game, you know, it was it was out there. Not much to talk about in the past game. Tyler Huntley gets knocked out with a concussion. He's 8 for 12, yeah. 88 yards at the time. You know, it wasn't terrible. Huntley, you know, took one too many uh hard hits and that concussion hit man that was that was scary to see that
0: was very brutal it looked like yeah that, that
1: was that was a tough one right there so we'll see what happens for his status going into next week's game uh we'll see what happens with Lamar's status going into next week's game i didn't expect to see Lamar out there definitely not in this one but really not even in the next game either um but who knows what'll happen uh the ravens injury situation this year has been a a dramatic storyline to say the least uh, just like it was last year Um, but the Ravens were able to pull it out the run game helped them do that once Tyler Huntley goes out Anthony Brown doesn't have to do much they stick to the run game is good enough to get there to to get the uh, extended drive that they needed to put the game away but all in all I think this is a day that You say that the run that the offensive line are the ones that was probably the best unit on the field, albeit JK looked really good, but I think that was mainly due to the offensive line having an incredible day,
0: yeah. And and you know, going into this game, you were concerned about how this was gonna go simply because the Steelers are either sixth or seventh in run defense, and so you know, they pride themselves. Yes, the Ravens are like third, but then the Steelers are, you know, 6th, 7th. So, you know, you you wondered how they were going to fare against that stout run defense. And I mean, it's safe to say that they they did it fairly well. My favorite part about that though is that You knew what the Ravens were going to do coming into this game simply because they have the backup, Tyler Huntley. Yes, I know that he threw 32 times last week, and we talked about that. But honestly, I didn't see that happening this week because of the return of J.K. Dobbins, because of going into Pittsburgh. I thought they were going to try to run the football and try to get some success there. So it was refreshing to see them go back to what they're good at, to their basic roots, and play the style of football that we know that they're extremely good at which is you know running the ball. Um I I am surprised mainly because like I said the Steelers is a top run defensive team and I think sometimes Greg Roman tries to outsmart him you know himself and say, "Well, I'm going to try to throw the ball because of this." But sometimes you just got to continue to push through. You know, you gotta let your players play. And too many times I felt like in the past he's abandoned what they're good at to try to be like, aha. And sometimes it really is just simply doing what you're good at. And I'll I'll say this, Cordell, the fourth the third down play, well I'm not sure if this I think it was third down. They needed what, four yards at the end of the game to get the first down, which would then run the clock out. For them to win the football game and you know I felt I was nervous I was nervous because you know I knew that Anthony Brown wasn't going to throw the ball let me be clear I, it's not that I thought that they were going to do anything stupid I thought that they were going to get the hand the ball off but again when you're playing one of the top defenses and, and rush defense in the National Football League and you know that that's what they're going to do you gotta assume that you might catch some problems and somehow some way Gus Edwards makes it look Almost easy to get the first down, and then eventually the Ravens um, move along. Now I do got a question: If Huntley or even Lamar is in the game at that point, what do they do there? Do they try to find a way to abandon it? Do they do they let Lamar try to get the first down yardage? I don't know, but I just want I hope that what Greg Roman learned today is like just stick with what you're good at, stick with what works. And it doesn't matter what the other team is going to do. The Steelers knew the Ravens were going to run the football. Right. And they still couldn't stop them. So maybe you should just stick to what you know, which is running the ball. I'm sure I said run the ball probably like 10 times in a 30-second span. But maybe it's because I want them to run the ball. You know what I'm saying, out. <laughs> oh,
1: I definitely understand what you're saying. I think that's what John Harbaugh has been wanting to do for a while. He seemed really happy after this game uh, to, to with the Ravens' run uh, performance in this game, being able to not only stick with the run, but be dominant in the yeah, run game, yeah. have some explosive plays. This offense has lacked big plays pretty much all year. Uh, and the run game was able to give them that in this one. I, you know, we'll see if that'll be sustainable going forward. We'll see if Greg Roman even sticks with the run as much as he did in this one going forward. Cause you're right. You know, you have to wonder if that would have been the case. If Lamar was in the game, if Tyler Huntley was in the game. Um, but that's what they were able to do in this one going into Cleveland. I think it'll be the same type of situation. They're going to really look to run the ball again, because it'll be yet another division matchup. This is just yep. the way you win in the AFC North. Um, when you, when the Ravens start playing teams outside of the division, that's when you got to start worrying, okay, are they going to go away from who they really are? But these division games, they force them to have to go and stick with the run game. It has to um, because that's what everybody else, that's, that's literally everybody's formula other than maybe the Bengals right now. That's everybody's formula in this division to win, is to run the football and allow your defense to make plays for you. Um, Absolutely. The Ravens A- right now have so many question marks at the quarterback position. It's going to kind of force them to, to run the ball. And I think even if Lamar is out there at this point, at this time of season, time of the season, the run game has to be in the driver's seat.
0: I completely agree. And, you know, the thing is, it's just, you just, you have to be honest about what you have and, and, you know, look, it's cool to see guys um, like a Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson and, you know, those, those guys get involved in the past game. That's great. But that's not your bread and butter. And so when you start trying to act cute and do something different than what your bread and butter is, then that's when you get yourself in problematic situations, you know, um, you're right. I do think that they continue to do this against Cleveland. You know, the question is, is that, you know, we were, we are believed that Lamar's injury is a one to three week injury. So next week is week two in terms of being absent, not from the injury in which it happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, do, does he play is he able to play i i i, I would have to assume that that's not going to be a thing that he's not going to play which means how is this going to work for tyler huntley because the ravens have been flexed to play saturday at four o'clock mm-hmm. which is six days from now so that's not a, you know a, a week of um Uh, practice you know I mean or or I just can't see how he's going to be cleared I don't know I I don't know I mean we've seen things happen before I just don't know with the situation that we saw with Tua you got to wonder how careful these teams are with with their quarterback situation and, and concussions which would then mean that Anthony Brown and Brett Huntley would be involved. The one thing that I do think that could potentially be in their favor for that, though, is that guys that you don't have a lot of film on could potentially, potentially be guys that causes problems for your defenses because you don't really know that person's skill set. Um, and so, you know, even though Anthony Brown really didn't do much in the in the game, I mean, you know, he did have have a he did throw a pass uh, and whatnot, but you know. He wasn't asked to do a, a whole lot um, right. when he came in because he came in, you know, like in the third quarter or so. But you do have to wonder how this plays out in the coming week because of the short week, and if he is going to be up to speed for what it is that they're trying to do. If they find, if they try to throw this ball, called out with Anthony Brown at quarterback. I'm going to drive to Cleveland. I'm going to drive to Cleveland <laughs> myself and make sure that Greg Roman does not get on that bus. Okay. Yeah. I promise you.
1: This, this, I'm, I'm, this, this today was is,
0: perfect. Yeah.
1: This is going to force them to have to run the football. You would think you would think Um, because Anthony Brown, he, I mean, you're down to your third quarterback right now. You're not going to be able to, okay. With, with Tyler Huntley, you were probably able to go um, a little more status quo than you would with any other backup, simply because Huntley's skill set is very close to Lamar. Anthony Brown is not Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson, obviously. Yeah, he likes to um, stand
0: in the pocket.
1: Yeah, he 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 does kind of want to throw the football, <clears throat> and he made a couple of good throws in preseason and things like that. It, look, I'm not going to sit here and say the Ravens should let him go out there and throw the ball 30 to 35 times because he made a couple of decent throws in the preseason. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you know, this is what they have, potentially. This is this is potentially who they'll have on Sunday. And really, you know, and we'll talk about the defense, at, you know, next. But the defense is making plays to the point to where you don't have to really get Anthony Brown to do but so much. And kind of looking ahead to Cleveland, that offense stinks Right now. Um, so you're probably not as long as you go out there and not turn the football over and capitalize on the opportunities that they're going to give you because they, as we've seen since Deshaun Watson has been back, the turnovers have been through the roof for the Browns. Um, so if the defense can capitalize on those, the offense won't have to do but so much. And that means Greg Roman can stay to the run game. You'll have no excuses about. Getting away from the run game, he should be able to stay committed to it because it's all about ball control, all about not being able to not turning the ball over and wearing that other defense down and giving your team a chance by not beating yourselves with turnovers and allowing your defense to basically go out there and try to win the game for you.
0: We hear about time of possession all the time in terms of that's what Greg Roman likes to do. Well, the best way to do that is to run the football. And so keeping the ball out of the offense of the opponent's hand is, is the best way to do that. And uh, so you hope that he's learned his lesson and that, you know, in the coming weeks, honestly, for the rest of the season, we should see more running um, the football and, and and having that be the focal part of what this offense is and mixing some passes along the way. All right, before we get into our next topic, please make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. So the defense did their job, Cordell. I, I, they really stepped up. Um, it's amazing what this defense has looked like since they have traded for Ropon Smith. They've only given up an average of 136 points per game since trading for Roquan Smith, which is phenomenal. Uh, you know, the, what the defense needed to do today was to try to help out the offense because they were missing their starting quarterback. And to me, they did just that, you know, they, uh, it was unfortunate in seeing um, Kenny Pickett go out early in the game, you know, the the sack by Roquan, he felt kind of hard and was in concussion protocol. So they bring in Mitch Trubisky, but, you know, for a minute, Mr. Trubisky was moving that ball down the field. Yeah. And I was like, are oh, the Ravens really going to let Mr. Trubisky be the one to win this football game? And then they said, I, I, I. no, it won't. So, mm. you know, come out, come in and get three interceptions, only allowed 14 points Um, The seven points came in the fourth quarter, unfortunately, because it kind of continues the trend of us having this conversation about giving up points in the fourth quarter. But nonetheless, they found a way to help their offense out by being really good uh, on defense today and holding the Steelers to 14 points. Now, we'll talk about Roquan. We'll talk about Queen in a second. I... I'm not going to harp hard on this. This is why I want to get this off my chest real fast. Marlon Humphrey did not have a good day.
1: No, he did And
0: Marlon Humphrey knows he didn't have a good day. He tweeted that he didn't have a good day. He said he was a liability today. I want to get this off because I feel like this is going to be a conversation. But it's really hard to go hard on somebody who has played relatively well all year long. I hated the pass interference call in the end zone. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous. Um, he was peeking back, at, you know, behind, and behind the line of scrimmage too much for me, which is why he was getting beat the way that he was at times. But ultimately, as long as a guy can hold themselves accountable and say, "I didn't play well, and I got to play better," that works for me. Especially when you've played consistently well this season.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been on record for saying Marlon Humphrey has been not only one of the best defensive players on this defense, maybe the best defensive player on this defense as a season uh, to this point and as a whole, but one of the better defenders in the NFL this season. He has been, Um, but this wasn't his best day. George Pickens, he has a couple of down the field catches on him. Deontay Johnson beats him. Marlon, like you said, he was a liability down the field. I had to wipe my eyes and say, is that say 44 or 24? Like, what is going on (laughs) out there? Uh, It it didn't look good for Marlon a couple of times. But, you know, I I really, like you said, I I thought that defensive passing appearance was atrocious. I thought that was such a good play from Marlon to be able to bounce back off of giving up the big play to Pickens. The very next play, they go right back at him, try to get the touchdown, and I thought he made a great play on the ball. It's nothing else he could have possibly done there. I thought that flag was so bogus. Um, but other than that, you know, besides the Marlin situation, it's not much to gripe about on the no. defense. You know, they they took away the run game, which we expected them to do. Um, Najee Harris only 12 carries, 33 yards did have the red zone touchdown. Um, but Besides that, the run game was pretty much shut down. Uh, the pass game, sure, Mitch Trubisky, somewhat of an efficient 22 for 30, 276 yards, but three interceptions. And we talked about it a lot coming into this game. Kenny Pickett had done such a good job of not turning the ball over. Yep. But here comes Mitch Trubisky, and that whole thing goes <laughs> out the window. Turnovers is just what he does. And I have been saying the winner of this game was going to be the defense that can make the most plays. The Ravens defense made the most plays in this one. Yeah. The nice interception from Roquan Smith just coming out of nowhere to snag that interception over the middle. Patrick Queen not being outdone. It's clear to me that those two guys have their own like uh, individual battle with each other. They, like we've been saying since Roquan got here, he motivates Patrick Queen to take his game to another level this game was was an example of that. He wanted to go out there and make just as big of a play as his teammate did, and he and he he did it. Um, but you know, and then you get Marcus Williams to go out there, welcome back, Marcus Williams. Yep. F- first game back, he goes and gets an interception, uh, shocker there. But this this defense looks really good. And they're back to doing what they've been doing all year, forcing turnovers, get into the quarterback. Um, you know, I, I really can't say t- enough about the job that the defense did in this game. They won the game, especially once the backup quarterback goes out. Uh, you know, it, it started to look a little bleak there for the Ravens. Like, yes, it uh-oh. did. What's, what's about to happen? You know, that they're letting the Steelers hang around a lot. It's still a one-score game pretty much the entire game. And I, you're just wondering, like, okay, is it at some point the Steelers are going to be the ones to go out there and make a play and it just never happened
0: yeah and so with that you know you really a- appreciate what Patrick Queen and what Ropon Smith is doing and what their relationship is like as a result because it it I I agree with you I think that they're in a acute competition with each other and I think that Patrick Queen is basically being, he's leveling himself up because the guy that he's playing with is such a great player. It forces him to play at a high level. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need somebody to come in and, and play super well and people to compliment this person and say, this person is playing great for you to be like, well, I want people to compliment me. I want to play great. So I want to, you know, step my game up. And it does feel like that queen has had his game stepped up as a result of what's going on since the Roquan trade. And so it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch them go back and forth and have this cute little competition, but the competition is actually beneficial for the defense as a whole. That's really what you want. And, you know, I know we've had some things about Patrick Queen over time, but this year I just really felt like even before Roquan came, I thought that he he was playing at a a much better level than we had seen. Add the fact that you bring in Roquan Smith in the trade. He's definitely done great things for this team and uh, it's fun to watch and I think that it'll definitely be something that we can look forward to hopefully for years to come. You really hope that this is something that the Ravens can find a way to sign Roquan in the offseason because this guy is worth every single dollar.
1: Yeah, they definitely have to find a way to get this deal done with Roquan. Uh not only just to make the trade look like it was worth it, but this is clearly a quality player uh, on your team, one of the best playmakers you have. And it's clear to see how he has ignited this defense, how he's brought a different type of energy to this defensive group and really this linebacker unit uh, especially. And we saw Josh Bonds when the Ravens brought him back last year and the impact he had on Patrick Queen is very similar right now, if not better, uh, a bigger impact, I would say, that Roquan Smith has had on Patrick Queen because he just – again, he makes him just want to step his game up and play at the level that I think we all thought Patrick Queen could play at. It was just, can we see it on a more consistent basis? And I think we're starting to now, um, the pass rush is still getting there. They're still getting enough pressure on the quarterback. The turnovers are happening. They're getting coverage uh, interceptions. They're getting interceptions that are happening due to quarterbacks just simply not having a lot of time back there. And You know, this is the perfect time, I think, for this defense to start uh, to to really get hot. This offense has so much going on right now from injuries to production to coaching. You can't rely on them right Mm -hmm. now. And Justin Houston, he said it pretty good the other day. You know, this time of year, you want to rely on your defense. You want your defense to kind of be the best thing going for you because offense comes and goes but as long as that defense is there you usually have a shot and looking at this Ravens defense I know they've had their hiccups here or there especially in the fourth quarter Um, I don't think that they're perfect by any means but this is definitely one of the more elite units in the NFL right now and if the Ravens have any type of real success this year it'll mainly be because of this defense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they they have leveled themselves up in such a big way. And sometimes the best um, teacher is the guy that that the person that's next to you, because you watch their work ethic. You watch what they you know, you watch them play at such a high level and it forces you to want to play at a high level. And I think that that's what happened in the case of, you know, Queen and Smith. I I love seeing, look, if if y'all want to play, have a look like a nice friendly competition against each other and it works for the betterment of this team, I'm all for it. 110%. So it's fun to watch C queen, you know, play well consistently and people start to eat their words a little bit. You know, I I think that we were hard on him. We, not me, but (laughs) y'all, we're a little hard on him. Um, because, you know, people wanted some more consistency. And I just think that I, that we think that guys that come out in the first round are just automatically going to play at a high level. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And I think that you have to be patient. I think you don't really know if a person is going to play really well until maybe about the third year. And so we know that this is Queen's third year. Um, and sometimes it's later than that. You know, we've seen guys gl- grow and glow up later than that but you have to give guys opportunity to develop not everybody is going to play at the level you think that they should be playing based on their draft position and I think that Patrick Queen is a great example of that um we didn't it's crazy because the 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 offense, the defensive line was actually getting pressure but Mr. Biffsey he can really move around so he was avoiding sacks left and right he was really getting on my nerves quite frankly but the one thing that I, I, you know, that I think stands out is the fact that Calais, you know, blocks the field goal, which potentially puts them up because they did score the touchdown late in the game. And that would have been another 10 points that we would have had to talk about, Cordell, in terms of, oh, here go the Ravens again, you know, um, giving up 10 plus points or whatever in the fourth quarter. But uh, Calais is just a monster dog. Like it, it's such a joy yeah. having a guy like him on this team. He can continuously get pressure and he's also a really good special teams player.
1: Yeah. Calais, he, he especially on special teams, we've seen him make these types of impact plays a ton of times throughout his career, getting the timely field goal block, uh, getting a timely sack. Calais is just one of the leaders on his team. And every time, he gets put in a key situation to be able to show he he does it. Um, and this is, again, this is a part of just this Ravens-Steelers rivalry. You never know how you're going to end up winning the game, what plays are going to be those winning plays. But that field goal block couldn't have happened at a better time. And looking at it, the Ravens went by two, that field goal happens. You know, who knows? Right. Um, who knows what ends up happening? So that that was a big moment in the game. But right now, I feel I feel very confident in a defensive unit that looks like they're feeling confident themselves. Um, secondary still worries me a little bit because although they were able to force some turnovers, two of them from the linebacking unit, Mitch um, Trubisky was able to move the ball on these guys. He, he was, was throw the ball kind of all over the field. Um, that's the one thing that worries me. They've got to be able to cut that out. But, again, turnovers are the great equalizer, and they're doing a great job of that right now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and the Ravens have done really good with that all year long, and so they've just continued the trend of, you know, just finding ways to make some plays when they needed it because both times they were driving, you know, and, and both of those plays, I think those intercep- – well, two of those interceptions from the linebackers came in the red zone, and then the one that Marcus Peters was, you know – Marcus Peters, Marcus Williams uh, – well, they, they spotted him at the one-yard line, which was interesting because, you know, his his forward progress to me had him in the end zone. But not, here nor there. Uh, so it was very interesting that they was able to make those stops when they really needed to make those stops because they were moving down the field prior to that happening. So I, I can't say enough about what this defense has been in the over the past five to six weeks. They've been they really stepped their game up and it's just been fun to watch see how they've grown and how Roquan has just made a, such a difference into what this game has been for the Ravens defense this upcoming season. So, um, you know, luckily, look, look, for them, they got Cleveland, which will be interesting because uh, and Joku is back. And they, you know, yes, Deshaun Watson has not played well, but – From a tight end perspective, you know, prior to Njoku going out of that game in the first Ravens game, I mean, he was really having a day. I I do wonder how much of a difference this makes now with Roquan being on this roster because he wasn't there the first time. So we'll find out on Saturday. But I feel really good about it because now all of a sudden they have a monster in the middle of the field.
1: As do I. I feel pretty good about it. Myself, both the Queen and Roquan are playing really well in pass coverage right now. Uh and Joku is definitely going to be a problem. Donovan Peoples Jones is going to be a problem. Amari Cooper presents yep. a problem. So um we'll see what happens. And what I've been seeing a lot from Watson, and I know we'll talk about it a lot later on in the week, but he's been very mobile as of late. He's not really He's holding the ball a lot. He's not sure of what he's seeing in the past game. So as a result, he's choosing to take off and use his legs a lot. Can the Ravens bottle him up enough to not allow him to extend plays and extend drives with his legs?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll find that out coming up on Sunday. But for this week, man, the um, Saturday, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting that we flexed this game for whatever reason to make it on Saturday, but we will find out on Saturday. But um, you have to really love what you're seeing right now from this defense. They're playing consistently good outside of that Jaguars game. They have really done a number um, over the past few weeks. All right, guys, before we get into our final segment, please make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast. So every time Cordell and I talk the latest about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first one to hear it. All right, so uh, we, we do our Pats on the Hat segment. I, I feel like, you know, last week was a struggle <laughs> for us mm-hmm. to try to find a pet on the hat. Um, I think this week is a little bit better. Uh, Cordell, I, you know, I mean, I think we got a couple of guys we can show some love to. So I'll let you start first. Who are you giving your first pack on the hat to?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to start off. Uh, I'm going to start off with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. is probably one of the easier ones to give it to. 15 carries, 120 yards, a touchdown, looked so good in his return out there, looked rejuvenated, looked fresh, gave these guys a spark that they needed. Um, and allowed them to have enough production in the run game to where they couldn't abandon it. Uh, even Gus Edwards followed suit, was back to his efficiency as well, five five yards a pop. So I, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with what I saw from J.K. Dobbins. He took advantage of every hold that was given to him, and he showed a ton of bursts doing so. Looked strong out there too. Wasn't going down on first, first impact. Um, he's breaking tackles. He's taking a couple of guys two to three yards up the field. Just really impressed with what I saw from J.K. Dobbins in this one.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. He he played phenomenal, phenomenal. And even if you take away that 44 yard run, J.K. still averaged um, almost five and a half yards per carry. So you know, don't get it twisted. Outside of that four, 44 yard run, he was still very um, consistent today. And and it's good to see from a guy that's coming off you know, of dealing with some knee injuries. Uh, Mine is going to go, obviously, the first one to Roquan Smith. Six tackles, uh, one sack, two passes defended, one interception. I mean, (laughs) the stat line is crazy, you know. Uh, And and you just continue to say good things. I feel like we've had him as our Pat on the Hat person every week since he's been (laughs) here. I could be wrong, but it just feels that way because he's been the star of this show, this defense. It's been amazing to watch him. Uh, play at such a high level Um, and and, and they almost I almost feel sad for the um, Bears for even letting this dude go because what was y'all thinking no but but thank you we appreciate you I'll take it so you know he is just he is a rock star dude and I love it and I just really enjoy watching him play uh, week in and week out so mine is going to Roquan
1: yeah, not, not a bad one at all. Roquan continues to play at a high level, continues to be show that he's possibly the best defensive player on this team right now. Um, I'm going to go with his running mate, Patrick Queen. Uh, Patrick Queen gets the interception as well, Same, pretty much same type of stat line as Roquan Smith, six tackles uh, as well for Patrick Queen, did get a quarterback hit as well, and he didn't get a sack. Roquan ended up getting a sack on this play, but Patrick Queen was the one that really blew that play up on the blitz going out. And not he wasn't able to secure the sack on Trubisky. He was able to get out of it. And Patrick, and Roquan Smith cleaned it up. But Patrick Queen, he's been one of the best blitzers on this team all year. He's been one of the best uh, pressure quarterback pressure guys in the NFL this year. And he just continues to do a lot of different things for this defense. He helps him run support. He's there in pass coverage. He's there and uh, rushing the quarterback. He's just doing whatever it is they ask him to do. He's playing at a high level. It's clear Mike McDonald is getting a lot out of him right now. Um, And when he and Roquan Smith are playing the way that they did in this one, this defense is definitely going to be tough.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. Mine is another one is going to Gus Edwards. Uh, you know, 13 carries, 66 yards, average over five yards a carry. Had that key. Uh, play at the end of the game to get the first down to end the game. I know we haven't seen a ton of Gus, but, you know, listen, he still has something in him, man, and and, and it's good to see him, and it's we haven't seen, if I'm not mistaken, Gus and J.K. on this field, I mean, uh, playing in a game at the same time since 2020. Because when J.K. was playing, Gus was, this year, Gus was on IR still. He was not ready to come up from, you know, um, his injury. So it's been well over a year since these guys have both played in the game at the same time. So it's really fun to see them kind of go back and forth. J.K. had 15 rushes. Gus had 13 rushes. So, you know, they complement each other very well. And, um, you know, Gus really, when when they needed him most at the end of that football game, he came through. So I'm giving him a pat on the hat as well.
1: Not a bad one at all. Uh Gus Edwards, like I said, back to his efficiency, five yards a pop today. Uh, you know, he and we talk all the time about how Roquan Smith compliments Patrick Queen. Same with JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. They complement each other very well. They play their styles are so uh unique that they bounce off of each other extremely well and it's tough for a defense to be able to handle both these guys for four quarters. Um, I'm going to give a game, I'm going to give a pat on the hat to the entire offensive line. Yes. Um, I thought the offensive line was dominant in this game. Com- they just completely moved the line of scrimmage over and over again, especially in the run game. And on a day where they knew this game was going to be won on their backs, uh, they went out there and they got it done. They knew that they were going to have to fire out a lot and run block a lot because obviously you're out there with your backup quarterback and Tyler Huntley. And then you have to go to your third string quarterback and Anthony Brown. You're not going to do a lot of throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and they didn't. So credit to this offensive line, they went out there and they completely blew the Steelers off the line of scrimmage time and time again. You didn't hear a lot of TJ Watts name. Nope. In this one. Um, you did hear Chris Wormley a little bit earlier before he got hurt. Um, but you know, this off this offensive line, I can't say enough about them, especially on a day where Kevin Zeitler doesn't play. Yep. They go out there and have one of their better games of the season, one of their better games that they've had in a while, I would say. Um, that was impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, that that was listen, because they rotated guards pretty much right guards all day long, um, uh, between Cologne and um been Cleveland so you you are concerned you know coming into that game knowing how high the Steelers were in terms of you know um run defense and and in terms of you know pressure they do get a lot of pressure so to to have those guys hold up and thank god for Ronnie Stanley man I mean I'm just glad that he's back Mm -hmm. because he does make everything better period You know they they really held their own today. They definitely deserve some pats on the hat, and and I definitely commend them. And and shout out to Ronnie Stanley, man. When, um, they, when Huntley got hit, you know, eventually he goes out in the game. You know, Stanley goes over and he has some words for you know the Steelers players. And you know, no, it's not a dirty play. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's his guy. He has to defend his teammate, and that's exactly what he did. So he held it down for his dude, and that's what you're supposed to do. I like seeing stuff like that. You know, one band, one sound is what I like to say. And (laughs) and Ronnie Stanley was not for that. I almost used a bad word. (laughs) Okay? He was like, that's my dude, and y'all ain't had to do all of that. Got in some people's faces. So that was that was really good to see. Ravens move to 3-0 and o in the division. Obviously, they play again next week uh, in the AFC North against Cleveland. And so, like you said earlier, we'll talk about this more in the week um, and how we think that they'll fare, the return of Deshaun Watson, and, you know, there's some other things going on. But for now, as a Ravens fan – we it, it's crazy because the Ravens are nine and four, Cordell. And the way that we talk about the Ravens or have all year round, it almost feels like the Ravens are four and nine. The way that the flock goes and, and argues about so much stuff, yet they are currently a third a three seed in the National Football League for the AFC. It's crazy.
1: It is. I mean, and they won. Ugly. They've won in different ways. That's one thing we can say. They've yep. won in a variety of different ways. Um, and you know, you come playoff time, it doesn't have to be pretty. You know, you don't. It doesn't have to be the best looking thing that we've seen out there. You just got to go and get it done. And the Ravens look like a team right now. Can they go out there and have their defense win a game for them? Can they go out there and run the run their way to a victory? Sure. Um, but you it's I'm still worried about teams like Kansas City still worried about teams like Buffalo still worried about teams like Cincinnati maybe even the team like Miami still worries me uh, as well so you know while I I do think that there are still teams in the AFC that are probably better than the Ravens are right now you I, I still feel like this is a Ravens team that they just find a way to get it done. You know, you can never count them out, even when they're not looking their sharpest. You still know that this is a quality team that plays with a ton of confidence and really the uglier, the better for them. Um, So even if the game isn't going pretty, that would probably concern me as an opponent because... That would make me feel like the Ravens are right where they want to be.
0: Because, <laughs> you know, they don't like to do nothing with what, nope. nothing shiny. They don't want nothing nope. shiny and flashy. They want it real <laughs> ugly, ugly and dirty. That's how they like it.
1: As but, as ugly as possible, for sure.
0: Absolutely. So, look, we'll take the ugly wins all day. Uh, and the Ravens win 16-14 in Pittsburgh. And so we will be back on Wednesday to start talking about the next opponent, which will be the Cleveland Browns. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.